Welcome to No One Likes the Tuna Podcast, the world's premier dedicated, vast, and furious podcast. We are the two dumbest liberal cucks in the world. My name is Nick Nocera. And I'm Daryl Wong. And, uh, Daryl, this protein powder I'm crushing these days is making me poop a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Texture-wise, are you pooping out what you're putting in? I'm, no. It's forming itself. It's coagulating. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know, like, the technical terms for it. This is like the fucking 15-year-old. Like, we're two grown-ass men. Like, this is like fucking... This is like a 15-year-old... This is like a perfect podcast for a 15-year-old. Like, let's talk about Fast and Furious and poop. Um... Yeah, man, it's just happening a lot, you know? Okay. Just got to, you know, whatever. It's good, healthy, biome, I don't know, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm asking because uh, Roxy ate a bunch of sand last weekend while we were at the beach, and she was pooping sand for two days. Nice. Imagine regular poop, but, like, it drops down, and then it, like, falls over, and on the inside, it's sand. Wild. Oh, it just turns to dust. Almost like the end of Infinity War, like Avengers Infinity War, where the people turn to dust. (laughs) Your dog's shit is like that. Yeah, little shit blips. Yeah, that's kind of nice. No, this is um, this is doing it for me. It's it's coming out regular, but Uh it's also very regular. Are you using the protein as like a, is it for you building some bulk or are you using it as a meal substitute? Meal substitute. Yeah, it's just yeah. calories at a certain point. I run a mm-hmm. lot and then I'm trying to cut a little bit and mm-hmm. it's like instead of eating a big carby lunch, I'm like trying to substitute that with like a nice protein rich smoothie. Cool. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to work. We're going to find out. Nice. Uh, what worked for you about this movie this week? We watched Tokyo Drift. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ended last week, and I was very disappointed with my Too Fast experience. Yeah. Uh, it takes... Uh, there's something about, like, paying more attention to the movie that makes the movies better for me. I had a pretty yes. good watch. I had yep. a pretty good watch for this movie. I completely agree. I was disappointed with us. Mm-hmm. In terms of, like, our ability to digest and interpret too fast i feel like we didn't give it a fair shake last week and uh mostly because neither one of us was interested in watching it nor wanted to pay that much attention to it nor like we didn't take notes we didn't do anything (laughs) like that you know and that's is a tough place for us to be sometimes if one of us is like not having a good time then we can like do something with it but if both of us are like not into it yeah we can go south pretty quick but such is the nature of no one likes to do a podcast. Yeah, such is like it's just an existential experiment and torture sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, of just getting through it. Much like life, you just get through it and then you die, right? Um, but on, on Tokyo Drift, did you take any notes? Did you did you pull yeah, out I, anything you want this week? I got I got some good stuff. Nice. Um, uh, all right, what am I thinking here? So. Uh, Morimoto versus Lance the Pants. Who's a better right hand man? Lance the Pants. It's like I, it's, <laughs> no. I don't even have to think about. It. I don't even have to think about it. I, I do not have to even think about it, man. Lance the Pants is a gem. He is so awesome. 
<laughs> and I really his like pants are amazing. <laughs> so I really like I really like Morimoto. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Gaijin, when is your next race? <laughs> <laughs> Little do you know it's against you and you lose in it. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It's just like yeah, like the point of the bad guys. Um, whatever sidekick is to like mm-hmm. he's he's a setup he's a setup man right like Lance right. Pants is there to set up so that DK looks strong and bold and like looks like the great leader of the pack. Morimoto does a, an excellent job at that. And I don't I just, know, man. I, I like, don't know. There's the dynamic between uh, Johnny Tran and Lance the Pants, <laughs> and like Johnny Tran being like, "It's nobody's car." <laughs> it's an amazing machine (laughs) you know like they bounce off each other so well yeah and lance the pants could still be out there morimoto is confirmed dead i would i tried to make i tried to make a note of that i actually replayed the morimoto crash scene a few times (laughs) and i eventually got tripped up yeah i got tripped up because um I was like, oh, wait a minute. I forgot Japanese cars, right-hand drive. Because the nature of that impact with the green Lexus, head-on collision. I was Uh like, wait a minute. Passenger impact, therefore, Morimoto is potentially But you had it flipped in your head. But I had it flipped in my head. I was trying to sort of build up this thing here where Morimoto was potentially not totally mush in the back of his his car. But still, I mean, if, if Han's alive... Presumably, then mm-hmm. Morimoto could feasibly still be alive here because he took a nice yeah justice collision. for Morimoto, justice for Morimoto, justice like, for Morimoto. Turns out nobody died in Tokyo. In Not this movie. one person. <laughs> nobody died. Not one person is dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the left-hand drive thing is interesting. Is or the right-hand drive thing is interesting. Are there any other instances? What other instances in these movies can you think of? Are there any instances um, where you've got an opposite-hand drive car in a opposite-hand drive country? So, Brian, like, the one instance that really sticks out to me is Brian in Too Fast has the mm-hmm. Skyline, which is an import, which is a right-hand drive car in that race in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right. And everybody else has left-hand drive. And it's obviously it's in Miami where it's a left-hand drive situation. Mm-hmm. So are there any instances like thinking maybe the bridge run in six where they where they're chased by the tank hold on shouldn't they be driving right-hand drive cars in the london scenes in six they should be are they i don't remember i don't remember are those beamers right-hand drive i mean they should be if they're in london i'm trying to think of um brian's puck the 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 uh, electric puck that gets stuck on his car in six and he swerves over it gets stuck on the passenger the fr- no, side it's, it's yeah i think it's the whatever uh yeah hard to decide where it's driver or passenger but it's like mm-hmm. left side front corner bumper yes left side front corner bumper that's exactly what, that's what i was gonna say <laughs> left side front corner bumper left side front corner bumper and I think it's on the passenger side. I think he is in a 
in a right-hand drive. But we should look out for that. Those are, mm-hmm. those are that's something we haven't thought about of like the right-hand drive, left-hand drive thing. I mean, have you ever driven? Have you ever driven on a right-hand side drive car? I do it every day. This is a right-hand drive country. Oh my god! Was it yeah. wild when you first started doing it? No, I was it's fucking easy. I couldn't handle it. I was in really? London for like a short period of time, and I got in an Uber, and I like I couldn't understand what was going <laughs> like on. blew your fucking mind. I was mind. like, what the. F- Fuck, we were on the highway. I was like, oh my God, what are we doing in the slow lane right now? Like, why is everybody on the wrong side of the road? It was totally bizarre. I like, my brain couldn't handle it. I think it's easier actually if you're in the driver's spot. You're, mm-hmm. you, it's more disorienting when you're not. I even drive a, a, a manual, so I'm shifting with my left hand. Interesting. Yeah, but the, the clutch is still on the same side. Does the, is like the shift gate, does it start, does, is like, is one still on? Yes, the it's the left same side? position. Yeah, right. so it's top left to bottom right is the shift, and the clut the pedals are in the same orientation. So gas on the right, brake, clutch on the left. Whoa! But the shifter is just in my left hand rather than my right hand. Ooh, yeah. yeah, it's weird. Nah, I couldn't do it. You I can do, do it. it. Yeah, you just stay in the middle yeah. of the road, right? Whether you're right hand drive or left hand drive, you just keep your driver body in the middle of the road and you're okay. Mm-hmm. Like as close to the divider. Um, the one thing that really did fuck me up is I went to the Cayman Islands for a week one time mm-hmm. and I rented a car there and the, the, they, it is a right-hand drive country, but they gave me a left-hand drive car because they import everything from America Interesting. So I drove on the left-hand side in a right-hand drive country, no. and that was that was really that was scary. Sometimes trying to go around like rotaries, you know, like uh, trying to figure out which fucking way oh I go. God. That was hard and scary. And if I like, there's thoughts about me moving back to America. Mm-hmm. Um. Not happening right this fucking second in coronavirus. <laughs> but I'm thinking about importing my car back, which is a right-hand drive car. Huh. And so I would be doing that a lot of like driving on the opposite side. Did it's you legal. Do that? You yeah. can register that around here? Yeah. It's, if you have a certain... My car is 40 years old. It's, mm. it's like 79. And if you're over 25 years old, I think, it's in the like classic category which basically do whatever you want in america no seat like, belts whatever you want yeah Go, emissions like, don't worry about it yeah title who, don't yeah, need really one. don't worry about the emissions don't worry about the like stuff. airbags hasn't been invented yet no nah, they don't give a shit like there's no safety standards i mean you have to have seat belts installed but also the The, like, you don't have to basically do anything. There's no special glass you have to have. There's no, you know, like, you have to have certain, to drive it, you have to have inspection, but it's like a classic car inspection where it's like, the brakes work, and, uh, like, it's not going to fall apart in two seconds on the road, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. or hopefully within the next year. So, yeah, it's that kind of thing. Um, I want, this watch through of Tokyo Drift, I definitely had some... I found some issues with this script, actually, that I really hadn't 
pulled out before. I mean, again, we're always blown away by what we see on the 16th fucking watch through, but I really did find some things that I was like, oh, this is interesting. I hadn't really noticed that this was an er was an issue for me before. Um, and I'm not shitting on the movie because I think overall the movie's actually really good. Um, but there's a couple little moments that I don't think hit the way maybe they could be most impactful. Um, the first one I pulled out is the iPod scene mm-hmm. where Morimoto is going to beat up Twink, um, played by, I think at that point he was still Lil Bow Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is Lil Bow Wow's real name? Do we know? Shad Moss. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Chad, Chad or Shad? Shad. S-H-A-D. Shad Moss. <laughs> cool. Okay, so Morimoto is going to beat up Shad and because he sold him like a fucked up iPod or something. Mm-hmm. And Sean steps in to just give him his fucking iPod as a replacement and get Twink out of trouble. Mm-hmm. And Twink gets pissed off at him about it and says like now everybody's gonna want a replacement or, or an exchange or a refund or whatever mm-hmm. and so there's a lesson from that okay so the lesson that he learns from that instant right of that moment is like maybe inserting yourself sean and like your ideas about what's right isn't the best thing in every scenario right like mm-hmm. leave your ego at the door a little bit sometimes and like let thing let People are capable of handling their business, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but that lesson doesn't really pay off in a way that it's sort of supposed to later on in the film. The moment it actually pays off is right after, like literally before the scene is even over. Everybody's gone, and it's him and Leela. Le- uh, Neela. Not Neela, sorry. <laughs> him and Neela, and he immediately is like, I apologize about what I said last night where he tried to sort of figure out her life. So mm-hmm. He's like, that's none of my business. Right? So to me, like, that's the direct payoff from the iPod scene where he learns this lesson about his ego and being in, every, in other people's business. And then it's just like it's, the payoff is too small and too quick. Hmm. Right, it's like immediately it's payoff, and it, the only thing it does is sort of get him a little in Neela's good graces a little more, um, and like build that relationship, which is already going fine. Right, mm-hmm. there it wasn't like this big crisis when he said that stuff. It was like he doesn't repair anything with that. There's an element of of selflessness there that like. Uh, maybe this, maybe that scene in particular is in contrast to the uh, spray paint belly from the opening, like high school scene, right? Yeah. Before he was like, "I'm gonna let that happen. That's not my problem." Versus like, "Hey, like, yeah." He he now feels a connection to Twink. He has somewhat of a uh, racing family, and uh, that enables him to mm. like. Yeah, but then that's even more that, confusing for me, right? Mm-hmm. That's even more confusing because the lesson from the spray paint is like, don't wait idly by while people are in trouble. Hmm. And if the iPod scene is is the twin of that, right, is the payoff from that, that's great. But like then 
it's sort of got to be like Twink is like, thank you. <laughs> you, know, you, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it has to resolve in a way that makes sense within the context of that setup and payoff mm-hmm. rather than resolving with Twink being like, here's a lesson for you, Sean. I'm, I'm going to teach you this lesson, which is like inserting yourself into this doesn't always fix it, mm-hmm. you know? And like, and then again, like he he doesn't learn that lesson. Like that lesson is not what Sean is supposed to learn because in the end, Sean fixes things by inserting himself directly into the Yakuza base, right? You know, or a club and being like, I'm going to go fix this. Right. So the message of the movie is about taking personal responsibility for something. But that scene, the iPod scene teaches us something that's, that sort of, pulls us away from that a little bit, right? Mm, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a small thing, but it's like, you know, like, it, it doesn't quite crunch with the context of the, of, of the rest of the movie, hmm. I guess. I see that. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, what else you got from this watch through? I had kind of like a, yeah. Like unrelated, but like, uh, what does this movie teach us? Type thing. Um, so, right, the big scene here where, uh, hey, Han, uh, uh, sort out this wanker. He goes, oh, I'm not a, uh, I'm not, do I look like a zebra? Followed by, followed by Han's description of like cowboys, why he's in uh, Japan. Right. Um, one of the things that stood out to me, or which was a little bit different for me in this watch, was that he um, he takes the time to expl- to sort of describe to Sean, um, right? You are the people that you surround yourself with, right? One car in exchange for knowing who you're made of, and I always I always sort of took that in as him telling Sean like this is how you decide or this is like, this is a thing that you're experiencing. But when uh-huh. I watched it this time, I heard it from like Han, like Han is the one that's saying like, Oh, like I'm telling you this, but this is what I'm describing about myself. Right. So when he says, so, so Han is saying like, Hey, you are the people you surround yourself with. So like, I am choosing to surround myself with you, Sean Boswell, because th- this relationship is of value to me. And oh, that's like, interesting. And that yeah. shows me, like, you being around, your, yeah, the, the fearlessness that you show, like, in the face of DK is, like, shows me, like, a reflection of myself that, like, makes me feel good or something that, like, enhances whatever Han's internal um, experience. Yeah. 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 And, uh, like, yeah, it's the same words that he said, you know, what seems same words that I've absorbed for the past sort of 15 times, but for the first time when I watched it, I like heard it from like, oh, you're not telling Sean how to do stuff. You're describing to him like how you see yourself or why he is here because right, that that, that com- the setup for that conversation is Sean is like, why did you let me drive in the first place? Right. And it always seemed cryptic, like it still does every time. It seems like not concrete what um, Han is saying and why he's saying it, but yeah. this time in particular, it was like, oh, like I'm telling you that you're here because like it it helps me like explore something about myself. I I think that's true, and it's like it's 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 very interesting to look at it from two different perspectives, also from two, two maybe two more perspectives, right? Like 
there's a perspective of Sean and there's a perspective from Han. Then there's also this perspective of the audience's perspective of without the context of four, five, six, and with the context of four, five, six, the movies, right? So like Han speaking about you are the people you surround yourself with. If we think about that in the context of four, five, six, and Han's past theoretical in the timeline past life Mm -hmm. thinking about the lessons he's learned and the values he's gained from being in the Toretto on the Toretto team Mm -hmm. so to speak you know (laughs) um you know and then taking that with him wherever he goes and um and the loss of Giselle at this point right Mm -hmm. um that's Something that like we the audience now know and can take with us and apply contextually to and to give weight to what Han is saying here. Mm-hmm. Without four five six, because this movie obviously chronologically was released before four five six, right? It's more enigmatic of what of like Han is saying. It's more in the moment of what Han is saying in terms of like I surround myself with you, but I also surround myself with DK and I'm in these sort of criminal activities and like I'm a complicated multi-dimensional person kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? So there's there's the context of Han and Sean, but then there's the sort of wider chronological universe context that that mm-hmm. we get to deal with with that scene. Which mm-hmm. is nice, which is a really sort of multi-layered Justin Lin special, you know? He's a good man, that Justin Lin. Um, no, I love that. But the thing that with Han specifically that didn't quite gel with me this wash through, and we may have touched on this before, is, you know, that scene where they drift around the women. Mm-hmm. Like the zebra thing and the you are who you are, that's the rooftop scene, right? Where they're watching right. the soccer that moment makes more sense for me contextually with han in the car would would make more sense if that was the scene where han and him are sitting in the car and han's driving because sean says oh out of you jail and then han drifts around these like women in the car and they give him his number but it's like not really that's not why han Han doesn't drift for to pick up chicks, mm-hmm. right? Like that's sort of out of context of Han's character, you know. Like you're not really adding a layer of like a, uh, dimensionality to Han's character by saying like he's like a ladies' man, you know. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't really work. So if the scene, you know, this is the other script thing I had with this movie it was like if if we take the football or soccer watching scene on the rooftop and put it in the car with Han driving and teaching Sean about why he drifts and how he lives his life. Those two things make more sense together to me, right? In terms of like the impact of this movie is about driving and how driving is sort of a metaphor for living one's life and drifting around and moving with the turns and twists Mm. of life, right? Mm -hmm. You know? So... I think that could be a more cohesive way to sort of pr- play that out, right? Mm-hmm. And have that sort of moralistic scene there. What because we see it do. work better. We see it work well with Neela, 
in the car on the mountain. Right? That scene works well when she's mm-hmm. describing her sort of 10, 10 seconds or less. You know? I think what they're trying to do with that scene, and mm-hmm. I, it, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't land exactly, which is why there's, it seems open for interpretation here. But I think what they're trying to do is they're trying, like a lot of these, when I watched this movie, like a lot of, I saw a lot more parallels between Tokyo Drift and the Fast and the Furious original. Yeah. They're trying, sure. they're trying to do this, like, oh, like I, yeah, I race for the respect, right? I race for, uh, and if, if you like, if you come, uh, if you take that, like, oh, like, the way you drive is the way that you live and, like, the way that you live and drive, like, if you're doing it right and you're being whatever, like, good at it or you're original and whatever, like, people see that and they and that commands respect and, like, people yeah. recognize that and it's abstract. They don't know exactly what it is, but yeah. if it's there, like, it's there. And I think they're trying mm. to do that. They're trying to do that with that scene, It's a, but it doesn't land exactly. Yeah. I love that idea, though, of the abstraction, right? Like, you got it, you got it. And if you don't, you don't. Um, that pl- we see that play out quite a bit, actually, especially in one. And, like, that's definitely a tie back to sort of, like, Dom Toretto being like, it, you know? Mm-hmm. If you got it, you got it. Win is win. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't matter if you win or Winner, winner. Yeah. Um, do you want to do shout-outs? Shout-outs? Shout-outs! We have a little segment on this podcast we like to call shout-outs! We, uh, these movies have a lot of product placement, and uh, we just decided, in, in our, the, out of the goodness of our hearts, we would have some unpaid product placement as well. So these are just things, people, um, institutions, situations... Governments that we like to shout out to. I don't know. Uh, do you want to start us off this week? I do, but I'm going to need an aid. So let me let me see if my aid is around. All right. Jess, you ready for your show time over here? Yeah. So last week I prefaced that I had made an online purchase I was very, very excited about. And this week, I'm pleased yes. to show off my amazing eBay purchase. Yes! Check out this hat over here. Oh, <laughs> my God. This is an eBay special find. At some point, I was sitting around. I was like, you know what I need? A NOS hat. That is the so it's, ra- it has most a, radical hat. It has the, it's, a, it's a dad hat. It has a nitrous oxide, a nice embroidered patch. Yeah. It says... Uh, automotive chemicals on it and on the mm-hmm. back it has like a like uh italic script thing it says permatex wait it jess is... can you put it on backwards for a second so we can see that <laughs> we're obviously going to put this on the instagram so people can see it <laughs> it's hard to see it just has what like does it a say? it just says permatex oh, i don't know sorry. what it is i don't, I don't know, know what, what that, that is. is either it sounds cool though and this hat so it's like mostly shout out because it's the best hat i've ever purchased but yeah it's obviously. like it, yeah, it comes with a grain of salt because it must be like a junior size hat because it's like slight, like the broom Ooh, is like that slightly just, small. Uh, that little uh, pinch, huh? Little pinch. Yeah, but like Jess has like a like 
slightly undersized head, and uh. it fits her perfectly, and it uh. looks amazing. And it delivered a few days ago, and she's been wearing it, and I've been incredibly jealous. Every time I glance her direction, this is the greatest hat I've ever purchased before. Yeah. And I don't even, and I get to enjoy it from afar. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm with you. It's the, probably the greatest hat I've ever seen. And I've seen some bangers in my day, basically. Like, I, I'm running through the hats in my life. Like, I love my Montreal Expos hat. I used to have a Furious 7 hat, which I think I might have given to you. Mm, I haven't seen that one. If I okay. saw it, I for sure would be wearing it around on a regular basis. Mm, I think maybe I gave it to you, but it's okay. It's okay. okay. Well, okay. Um, and I used to really love my Barilla Pasta hat. Uh huh. That just had a Barilla hat until it did, the Barilla dude was like, gay people are terrible. <laughs> right, like, right, right, right. Ah, can't wear this one anymore. <laughs> so. Um. Yeah, but I've, I'm I'm with you, man. That's like the best hat I've ever seen. That's so cool. Excellent. We're gonna take a picture of it, of the front and back. We're gonna pop it on the Instagram. <laughs> it's gonna be fucking awesome. Check it out. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for participating. We're gonna take a picture of the front and back, and you're gonna be famous on our no one likes to tune Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. All right. She says sick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Daryl. I got an anti this week. <laughs> Okay, yeah. I got an anti. It's not a big anti. It's not even like super niche. It's just a plain old run-of-the-mill vanilla anti shout-out. For the first time, I ordered from Uber Eats Mm. last night. Mm -hmm. It did not work out very well for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Saturday night, I've been eating well for the past couple weeks. I decided to like uh, treat myself to a little uh, garbage food. <laughs> so I order, because I don't have a car, my car's in the fucking shop right now. Mm-hmm. I ordered from, I o- ordered Uber Eats of Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I got delivery Burger King. Which, that phrase alone, delivery Burger King, makes me feel like a pile of shit. <laughs> Uh but so i like pile up my order i hit it's in the uber app this is an important point it's in the uber app it's like do you want to take a ride or do you want to get some fucking food (laughs) like those are your options (laughs) okay i say for you know what uber i'm gonna get some food and i pile up the order there's one right down the road from me it says like 10 minute delivery estimate Bing, boom, boom, order it. Okay, it's got a, first of all, $8 delivery fee for driving half a kilometer. Steep. 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 But it's 9 o'clock. I'm hungry. I'm just like, (laughs) I don't give a shit. Okay. Mm -hmm. It like gets stuck at the like confirming your order with Burger King point for 10 minutes. I'm like, Ugh. fuck. And then it's like, couldn't do it. <laughs> couldn't confirm your order. We couldn't wow. do it. So now I'm like, I'm super hungry. I'm pissed off. I have to go back into the fucking Uber app, go to a different Burger King, reload all the garbage, which reminds me of how much horrible <laughs> garbage I ordered in the first place. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, still want it. <laughs> still, still want it. Still hungry. 
hungrier Still hungry. now. Yeah, yep. 12 minutes hungrier than I was before. May I add some nuggets at this point? <laughs> Give me 20 of those motherfuckers. So I load it all up again. I fucking like press order. It finally goes through. This one's way farther away. It goes through. But then, it, then what it does, the app, is like, oh, you can track this in our Uber Eats app, which is a separate app from our Uber app. But no. our Uber app also handles Uber Eats. But you like, can't no, order food that. from Uber Eats. Can you order you can food, order from, food Uber from Uber Eats. They just want you to do that exclusively. They want mm-hmm. you to like download, install, and sign up for Uber Eats as a separate app experience. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. You've got all the stuff, right? So then what happens is like it, it like auto-downloads Uber Eats, or I think I actually had it, and then it was like, it hadn't opened in a while. So off, yeah, it did its thing. So then the Uber app has all the information I need. Here's the thing. It's got, it's got, it's confirmed all this, the five steps of the process confirmed and like their orders ready and it's getting picked up and whatever, tracking it. It's got all the information I need, but every single time it moves to the next step. So like five times it, automatically switches over to the Uber Eats app and is like, you can track it here. I'm like, no, dog. That's, I got all the info. I got a map on this thing. I can see where the driver is. Mm-hmm. Who, by the way, was like, yeah, I'll be there in five minutes. And then two minutes later, it's like, yeah, I'll be there in seven minutes. <laughs> it's like, and then like two minutes later, it's like, I'll be there in 12 minutes. No problem. <laughs> You're driving the wrong direction, my friend. You're driving the wrong direction. He from did. Where? I saw him like go around to like the seafront or something, you know? So I was like, ah, I just is not in this fucking experience at all. I'm not into like you pushing a different thing on me. Like if you've got it in there, I've already got it. Mm-hmm. I got the app signed up. I can't even sign up for the Uber app, Uber Eats app, because it won't let me log in. It wants me to create an account, but like I use the same email, and it's like there's already an account with this email with Uber. I'm like I know, I, know. <laughs> I have that account. I'm looking at the account. It's sitting here. A me. <laughs> so a big anti shout out to Uber Eats. Really, Uber specifically. Mm-hmm. Overall, I think they kind of suck. I use them once in a while, especially when I my car's in the shop. But like, man, the Uber Eats experience was not good. Wow! But the Burger King was phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Burger King's still doing his thing over here. Yeah, the still King making is making good it happen. Shit. Yeah, King is making it happen. He wow. is good to us, <laughs> our Lord, <laughs> Majesty. <laughs> um yeah and, and and yeah absolutely i mean like I, and i'm I'm not even like the uber east driver like i don't even want like the, that guy doesn't deserve shit either man he's just like picking up food and bringing it to me like that dude's Does, cool if you're an uber eats driver do you only deliver food or are you no, also I think a you're regular both. uber i think wow. you're both it's the deal damn yeah, and like those guys are out there hustling. This is actually like brings me out one of my Toretto family values, which I think is like really important in life, mm-hmm. which is like be on time for the Uber. <laughs> That's a really important value for me. You mean as a driver? Be no, as a passenger. Be on oh, time right. for the Uber. Yeah, show up. Yeah, be there. Show, already. show up. Yeah, be on time. You'll know when he's going to be there. Don't, yeah, don't be that hiding dude's in the restaurant. Busting his ass to get to you. Yeah. And like, 
You know, he doesn't got a lot of time. He's got to do like six of these fucking trips an hour, and like he doesn't have time, and like just show up for the. He doesn't want to call you. This is the whole thing. He doesn't want to call you. You should just stand there, look for his license plate, give a friendly wave. He doesn't want to have to call you and try to lure you out of wherever you're at. When I ask you, are you ready? Should I order the Uber? And you answer yes. You fucking better be fucking ready in the three minutes it takes for that dude to get here. I swear to fucking God. Because it's not even about me. Like, I don't care about being late. I mean, I like to be on time. But, like, I don't care that much about being late. That dude's busting his fucking ass for us. You know what I mean? Anyway. One last thing about the Ubers. I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast at some point, but I I was taking a flight. I was getting back late to New York. I like called. I think it was a Lyft. It might have been a Lyft. Whatever. But I fuck them too. Fuck them too. Fuck them too. Fuck them too. Fuck them all. Via go go car. Whatever the fuck you use. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. At some like I called this car. I was waiting in like the pickup area, and. I saw my car coming, and there were some buses parked around, like, the, the pickup area, because sometimes they bundle those two things together, and all of a sudden, I see my car drive away, and another oh, gentleman no. jumped <gasps> into my Uber. No. And then I called my Uber, I was like, hey, man, you picked up the wrong guy. He was like, he was back, he was back there at my thing in, like, what less a than dude. a minute, and he was like, he was like, he basically ditched wherever that wherever, whoever jumped in the car ditched him in the middle of fucking nowhere yes. like airport Good. desert. They're like, fuck Dude, that guy. Yeah, I asked you about your address. You were ambiguous, and now my actual customer is still standing out there and ditched him in the middle of nowhere. Which I was like, I'm kind of down with that. Man, shout out to all the Uber Lyft drivers out there. <laughs> shout out to all mm-hmm. the Uber Lyft drivers, except for the one who did one time reverse on the highway. When I was in the car, and it scared the absolute living shit out of me, I wanted. I like. I really thought I was gonna die. So like, kind of fuck that guy. But like every other Uber Lyft driver out there, like you they guys work are cool. hard. They, they work, work hard, hard, man. The drivers work hard. We're hard doing Companies the job like I would be criminals. terrible at. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I got a couple more things about this Tokyo drift. You got a minute? Yeah, I got. A, I got a couple too. So we'll we'll try to get. We'll try to get through, <laughs> we'll try to get through them. Okay. All right, quick. My real thing is like DK cannot catch a fucking break in this movie. Like, cannot catch a fucking break, man. Everybody shits on that dude. Everybody. Sean shits on him right away. It's like, who's this fucking American piece of shit like coming up here and shitting on me? He doesn't know anything. He's a hillbilly. He's like shitting on me. He's never seen one of these cars ever. He's never seen one of these cars ever in his. He's literally never seen it. Not 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 driven it. Not like drifted it. Hasn't seen it. Doesn't know what it is. Right. Someone had to explain it to him like a five year old of like this is the Mona Lisa of vehicles. (laughs) Like this dude's a fucking asshole. It's Uh like you know Han is fucking stealing from me. My, like, best friend is stealing from me. My girlfriend is going with this hillbilly, who I hate. Like, my uncle says to me, I miss your father. (laughs) Devastating. Devastating. Dead fucking 
devastating. Are you fucking kidding me, bro? It's like, because I'm not, like, doing his business good enough. He, like, misses the guy who used to do it. Like, oh, my God. That's so fucking devastating. And then, like, when I get in a horrific fucking car crash at the end of the movie, everybody cheers. <laughs> Everybody's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. DK, he's got a rough one in this. He has a, He does have it rough, but... His whole thing, and I think this is a theme within the movie, with in all the movies, is that like you get your confidence from driving. Mm. It's not about the rider; it's all about the it's all about the rider. It's not about the ride; it's all about the rider. Right? Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. you do, like your driving, speaks for itself. And mm-hmm. like, given all of these um, obstacles to uh, DK being his uh, full, true, actualized self, he still is extremely skilled at driving and i noticed a few things in here they show like a few times where he's uh like heel toe rev matching they show like yeah. a couple quick things like boom boom like this guy can drive yeah he dude can well dude can bust yeah and like he's not the best looking dude he has like a he has like a crazy like uh i mean i personally think he's like beautiful him. but yeah i get what you're saying <laughs> um but He's a racer, and that, and like that's what it's all about, right? It doesn't matter. Nothing else matters except you between the starting line and the end line. And like DK really lives that. Totally, right? totally. Um, and he earns it. But he's but a, but it goes it, it's into, it you know it goes against our principle that we talked about earlier in this podcast. It's like the respect comes from driving. If I was him, I'd be like, guys, I'm the Drift King. That's my name. <laughs> That's, That's my name. I'm- my name. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I'm so good at it. But uh, you all hate me. Fuck you guys, you know? Twink does show the respect. but Yeah, he does show the respect. Right. Twink's the best character in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got? What do you got? Because I want to wrap. I want to get the fuck off this podcast. Yeah. All right. So we weren't sure what uh, type of business DK and Han were in, mm-hmm. but in that scene where like uh, Sean is stocking shelves, they look. He looks over and he sees DK and Han um, exchanging money. Yeah. There's a there's a stack of products there. Dell DVD computer. players. What <laughs> DVD players? Yes. DVD players. Callback. Yeah. Yeah, so basically Dell computer, what I yeah, looked like a DVD player and the mm. one the box in the middle looked like some sort of like early 2000s thing, like maybe like a mini disc player, but definitely nice. along the lines of like personal electronics. Nice. Stuff. Yeah. Fuck that mini disc player. I used to have one. Really? Yeah, mini disc was going to be it. <laughs> it was going to be the revolution, you know. My older cousin had one, and I was like, I have no idea what that is. I, like, just figured out CDs. I, like, that's a miniature one. I don't know how that works. I had a, I had a one, I had, <laughs> I had a mini disc player and one mini disc, <laughs> which was a corn CD. <laughs> yeah. I can't even call it a CD. It wasn't a CD. It was a mini disc. Mini disc, yeah. Um, fuck. Yeah, mini disc, man. I was going to... It was gonna be. Do you think there's like you know how there's like laser disc people out there or like vinyl like aficionado? Do you think there's mini disc people who are like, who who literally like you're at a part like a 
a, a dinner party with them and you're like having a cocktail and they're like literally no shit mini disc is the purest quality <laughs> that you can get. like like you can say what you want about it like in the uh-huh. format and like you know like where where it had flaws but like like bar none like apples to apples it's the purest it is the pure and yeah. like you can't debate that you can't you know like that fucking kind of guy do you think there's those guys out there with mini disc i mean if he had a collection it would be very small. maybe dk was one of them and that's why everybody shout out <laughs> Like a mini disc, bro. Yo, really, DK? How about, um, yeah, mini disc king. Neela, do you want to come over and, like, listen to my mini disc collection? <laughs> no, DK. I don't. <laughs> oh, brother. You got anything else you need to talk about, Tokyo Drift? Nah. Well, you can find us at No One Likes the Tuna Podcast on Instagram. Well, you'll see this beautiful Nas hat that Daryl gave a shout out to this week. Uh, you can reach out to us at Nolt Podcast on Twitter, N O L T T Podcast. You can send us an email, no one likes the tuna podcast at gmail.com. You could join our Patreon if you want, uh, no one, uh, patreon.com slash no one likes the tuna podcast. Um, I just put up a post the other day that was like, how's everybody doing? And a couple of our beautiful patrons responded, talking about our lives, our hopes, our dreams. All that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, if you want to throw us a buck or two or whatever, just do it there. Uh, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I mean, that's just like the best way to get the show into the podcast players of other people. So, they, you know, it would be really helpful if you could. It'd be cool if anybody <laughs> listened to this fucking podcast. Nobody does. That's okay. Um, D Rock. Anything you uh, need to plug? Nah. No. Only no one likes to tune a podcast all the time. We'll be back next week for a strong podcast. Fast and the Furious 4. You're going to love it. Peace out. Peace out.